Hi everyone, welcome to Under the Microscope. My name is Pranoti, I'm your host, and today under the microscope we have Ipek Efe, who is a PhD student at the ETH Zurich, which is in Switzerland, not so far away from Hello and welcome to Under the Microscope, a real scientist nano podcast where you meet a new materials and nanoscientist with every episode. In every episode, Pranoti, who is your host, which is me, hello, I ask questions to our guests about their science, about their current research, about the project that they are most proud of, their scientific journey and much, much more. I am very nosy, so I do ask a lot of questions to get some spontaneous answers out from our guests. Do check out our Twitter account as well, Real Scientist Nano, which is real sci underscore nano. Also, do consider leaving us a review, sharing this podcast with your friends, going to the settings and hitting the download button because that helps us with reaching wider audience. Thank you and enjoy the episode. So, hi, Epic. Welcome to Under the Microscope. How are you doing? Uh, hi, Pranati. Thanks a lot for having me uh, today. I'm very happy to be here. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so, uh, summer can't be bad. <laughs> Please tell me, what are you doing? What is your research? I mean, I don't mean to ask you what you are doing in life. I mean, of course, I would be interested in knowing that as well. But what, I, what are you doing at ETS Zurich? Uh, tell um, me your research. All right. So I'm a doctoral student. Uh, I just finished my second year. Mm-hmm. And my research is focusing on... Um, some materials called ferroelectric materials. And that sounds a bit unfamiliar, but actually it's a very familiar concept. So you probably know the magnets, right? The ones mm-hmm. that stick into our fridges. So these materials are called as ferromagnetic. Mm-hmm. So they have this magnetic field inside kind of, and there's this two poles, north and south. So we probably played all of us uh, as a kid to, with these two sides. So this is a polarization, but in the magnetic side. But when, with the ferroelectric, we basically have a very similar, like analogous or same, same concept Mm -hmm. but instead of the magnetic field we have electric charges so in these materials spontaneously so naturally we have positive charges and negative charges separated in the unit cell or in the material so one side is positive the other side is negative just like one side is north and one side is south in the Mm -hmm. in the magnetics and so these materials have this charge separation naturally inside Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, they can be useful for uh, many things Um, so my um, research is focusing on growing this material in the tin film format Mm -hmm. and how thin I'm talking about. So usually my films are like, um, let's say, can be one unit cell, which is like uh, two atomic layers, uh, up to, um, you know, 10 or 20, 30 unit cell, but usually in the nanometer range, like not more than 50 nanometers usually. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm growing this kind of ferroelectric materials, like the crystal uh, growth and in the tin film form. Uh, and then I'm trying to improve their properties and um, like develop, um, insert some new functionalities inside and um, 
this kind of things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. So what kind of materials are we talking about here? Um, like iron or like what? Uh, yeah. So uh, my materials are uh, like I'm focusing on oxides. So mm-hmm. it's actually ceramic. Mm-hmm. And my material usually have like three or four different types of atoms and it's a solid material. So it's crystal structure. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, like, so specifically it's called as metal oxides. Uh-huh. Uh, there's usually two metals inside, like for example, bismuth ferrite, bismuth iron oxide. So there is bismuth, iron and oxygen. Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, so usually the oxygen is always common and uh, the first two uh, atoms can change uh, and there can be even four different types of or five actually depending on how complex you want to go uh, or how different properties you want to have but you probably maybe some people heard about you know pzt the piezoelectric material yeah. that's also a part of this family uh, and then in pzt we have lead zirconium titanium and oxygen so it's the same very similar crystal structure but just the different atoms inside yeah if you heard about pzt you probably heard about piezoelectrics mm-hmm. Uh, so piezoelectrics, uh, just to give it a small recap, piezoelectrics are the materials where there's um, this electric polarization, just like in the ferroelectrics uh, happens. So the charges are separated and there's an internal electric field and it is coupled to the to the structure mechanically. So when I press on it or when I put a pressure on it, I can induce some internal uh, electric field or polarization. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, when I put an electric field, I can uh, make a change in the material. I can make it extend or like, you know, compress and like stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And actually all ferroelectrics are also piezoelectrics. So they, these are coupled to each other. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> so ferroelectrics are actually very cool because they combine different things within themselves. Mm-hmm. Like all of them are piezoelectrics. So the mechanical structure is coupled. So this electric order mm-hmm. and they are also photovoltaic so they can get uh, you know they can absorb sunlight and then they can like create this electric field or at the same time um, they are also pyroelectric uh, which means I'm talking about a lot of electric stuff and then this is uh, the first part of the word which basically tells you the um, the energy type, the resource ener- energy resource. So pyro is like for the heat and temperature. So we can also control this material by using temperature change. And and, and they're also ferroelastic, uh, which comes again with this um, mechanical structure and the electric polarization coupling. Oh my so God. Talk about a lot of ferros. <laughs> oh my God. This is, oh my god this is so cool and i'm still stuck on the point that you mentioned so it's like ceramic so are we talking about you being the witch who is making the ceramics electric or magnetic yes exactly so these are ceramics uh, as a class of materials and then we we use we usually call them in our field as electro ceramics so they have this electrical functionality um like piezoelectrics or ferroelectrics so because they have this electrical functionality it's pretty cool actually we can use these materials like for example there's so many applications but Mm -hmm. one part is like sensors so you know we can give the sunlight or another like light 
or we can have some kind of a mechanical, you know, um, pressure sensor or mechanical sensor or temperature sensor. And because there is this electric component coupled to it, all of these different energy sources creates this electric response so that uh, we can insert this material in our electronics uh, and then, you know, have the all the circuits and devices on top of them. So that's actually pretty cool because they are pretty controllable. So we can control with control them basically with so many different ways and that of course opens a lot of applications oh, wow this is i could i could ask you so many questions i could just continue on this and learn more and more this is like my personal crash course into ferroelectrics <laughs> or uh electric ceramics or electrifying ceramics sorry I, I will stop myself now but yeah okay how did how did this happen right how did you end up in Zurich working on these uber cool materials like how did how did this happen tell me about your journey so far sure um so i'm from uh, turkey uh, so i did my uh, primary and high school in turkey and then my bachelor turkey as well in sabancı university uh, in material science in Istanbul. <laughs> in Istanbul. Okay. Okay. So I finished my um, bachelor's. Um, so in my bachelor's, I worked on a slightly different topic. So I was working on luminescent materials. So the materials that glow in the dark and again, some ceramics. Uh, but then I had an internship. So I think for me, my interest started with that internship. So uh, I did a summer research internship at CERN, mm -hmm. um, so in Geneva. And there I was working on a material called bismuth iron oxide. So this bismuth ferrite, we call it. Uh, this bismuth iron oxide is a ferroelectric material. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it also has a magnetic order. Uh -huh. And these two things are coupled to each other. So it's possible to control the magnetism by using electric field. Uh -huh. or control the electric polarization by using magnetic field. Okay. That's pretty useful because for example, in our like daily lives, we have these uh, magnetic memories, right? In our computers, these hard disks and so. Mm -hmm. uh, memory devices are magnetic. And then to switch them, we need to have a um, mag small magnetic field. So to switch means that um, storing information in them. Mm -hmm. And creating magnetic field is very costly because we need to have a very high electric current and then like and it costs a lot of energy to us. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, the cool thing about this bismuth iron oxide is because there is this electric and magnetic order is coupled, we can switch this magnetism like from north to south, you know, or like this, um, we can store the information mm -hmm. by using only a small electric field. And because we don't use current, we don't use so much electricity. We don't lose so much to the, you know, heating up with the current and all this resistance and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why these materials are very promising candidates uh, for future energy efficient electronics. Okay. And um, when I was working on this material in my summer internship, I was very interested because that sounds very cool. Uh, and then uh, afterwards, when I applied for my master's, I already kind of knew what I was interested in. Uh -huh. And at the ETH3, at the, in the master's program, we are supposed to do three research projects. Uh, so one big one, but two small ones. Uh -huh. uh, so I did several projects on this field, um, both um, computational and experimental. Mm -hmm. And then I decided that I like uh, this area a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. These materials are super cool. And uh, this is a very um, fastly developing field. Uh -huh. 
So it's relatively a young field, but it's super fastly improving uh -huh. and getting popular. And I think that there's so many potential that is waiting to be discovered. And then I, because I liked it so much, I was like, ah, I want to do a PhD on it. And, and then I continued. Uh, yeah, now I'm doing an uh, experimental research uh, on ferroelectrics. Oh, that is so cool. That's quite a journey you've had. And there are so many interesting projects that you mentioned that you're working on. So now I want to know, please don't hate me, <laughs> one research project that you're most proud of or the most fun or quirky one. And please tell me about it in super simple words, okay? In the section we call in other words. All right. So I think the one that the most proud of, they're all very fun. I oh, like all of them. But um, I think I can talk about my current research because mm -hmm. that's the one that is still developing and it's still like super new and exciting. Mm -hmm. um, so I talked about how great are the ferroelectrics material, like ferroelectrics. Mm -hmm. um, but usually there is like a, a limitation of them or something to solve or develop and the problem with this ferroelectrics or let's say the challenge is when we use these materials like for example i put them in my device and i use them you know i turn it on and off and then i store information in them and first few cycles it's fine so i first few times it's okay it's not even few first hundreds and thousands of times it's okay but once we start using them for like you know million times using them means that storing a single information for example or you know opening and closing or you know putting an electric in the current um, the um, the circuit or not and then once we start using them more and more so after like a million or billion cycle then they kind of lose their functionality so we cannot control this polarization anymore uh, and that's called as fatigue so material fatigues mm -hmm. uh, and then that's like one of the biggest challenges or you know but one of the biggest things to solve before we put these things in our devices mm -hmm. um, so and why this fatigue happening actually because uh, there is because talking about crystals so, uh, atoms ordered um, in a structure and then of course uh, in real life, nothing is perfect. So these crystals always have some defects, which means that, you know, missing atoms uh, or other kind of um, imperfections in a way uh, in, this, in the structure. Right. Uh, and um, because these imperfections kind of starts, you know, uh, pinning the polarization, they act against us so we cannot control anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, this fatigue happens. And uh, so, so solve this problem actually we need to look at the crystal right because we need to get rid of these defects uh, and there is actually one crystal uh, called this orivilius uh, structure so uh, it's a name <laughs> uh, and then so um, and these orivilius uh, structures are uh, in a way self-healing because this they have a super complex unit cell so uh, they uh, consist of two building blocks like some standard kind of building blocks but Wait, they are did you say, did you say self-healing did you, did you? I, mean, I said kind of a self-healing. <laughs> we can say it as a self-healing. So if I drop it on the floor, then they would still be like, they would be able to get, like, <laughs> this would be super useful for me because I'm very clumsy and I drop my phone at all times. <laughs> all right. So, okay. So maybe it's not as macro scale. So the, the self-healing I'm talking about, it's still cool. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Electrically, 
sad feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, so in this matrix, there are two building blocks. Let's say the, the, the part that have like standard ferroelectrics have the crystal structure. And these are separated and there is a layer in between another kind of crystal structure. Mm -hmm. And this charge, the structure is highly charged. So it has a lot of electrons and, you know, like a lot of ionic charges. Mm -hmm. uh, and then because this layer is there, it's kind of whenever there is this effect of the defects, mm -hmm. layer um, compensates this effect, contracts this the, the negative effect of the this imperfections in the crystal. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, in a way, it kind of fixes the effect. So it kind of heals this electric fatigue in the structure. Mm -hmm. And these materials um, have actually no fatigue. So you can, you know, use them like trillions and so many times and then they still are functioning. So they are pretty cool because they kind of solve a problem of ferroelectrics. Uh -huh. We talked about how great are they. <laughs> uh, and so these are these materials are great, uh, but there's one hard thing about them because the structure is very complex uh -huh. it's very hard for us to make a film out of them or you know grow them oh. nicely right. so my research lies in there or not only grow but also controlling the polarization because they are very complex they tend to you know do their own thing and then like we cannot really control them uh, and then so my research is about you know uh having this control over this Orivius uh, compound, and then seeing the polarization uh, and the controlling it or engineering it in a in a nice way. Uh, so what I do in the lab is that we have this technique. Uh, it's called second harmonic generation. I'm not gonna go into details, but basically we have a laser that we shoot uh, the material that is growing, and when this material is ferroelectric or polar, let's say it emits um, some kind of wavelength. The, like it emits half of the wavelength of what we send. And then when we detect that, we can understand what's happening to the polarization while we are growing the film. Mm -hmm. That's very cool because usually if we don't have this, it's kind of a black box, you know? We have our growth chamber, we don't know what's happening, we grow something, but we characterize only afterwards. Mm -hmm. So if we don't see it while we are actually making the material, mm -hmm. uh, we cannot control it very well. Mm -hmm. But in our lab, we can see it by using these uh, fancy optics and lasers and so uh, and then once we can see it then i can say okay uh, all right so now for example the pol polarization is increasing and then it's decreases sharply and then increases so i can directly see what is happening to the polarization mm -hmm. so uh, what uh, what we have uh, been able to do in the lab was resolving the, um, the polarization dynamics of this material and seeing for the first time that it has a two-step behavior. So uh, that actually is impossible to record uh, at the end of the growth. So you need to see it during the growth. And then we were able to capture that. And once we see that, then then we engineered it. So we added some other materials inside, actually the one that I mentioned, uh, bismuth iron oxide, bismuth ferrite in the crystal. Uh, and then we achieved the perfect crystal quality that looks like a naturally grown, you know, or like a nature grown material and but with a different characteristics. So what we did was like getting some cool property from this bismuth ferrite and putting in this, uh, putting it in this uh, self healing uh, framework mm -hmm. uh, so that we would have like a net uh, polarization that is you know uh, like not having any fatigue um, and like not 
degrading. Mm -hmm. So this was for the first time that actually like um, we were able to do such a thing and then see how does this evolve and how, how we can engineer it. And that's why to me, it's still interesting and very exciting. And um, I think the more exciting part is like that it worked. So we saw that now we can insert different materials within this framework. Mm -hmm. So now what we're going to do is like, you know, adding whatever functionality we want, adding some magnetism inside, maybe some superconducting uh, material inside, and then, you know, creating all these different uh, polarizations. Oh, wow, that is so cool. That is so cool. But now you told everyone the secret or what your future plans are. Uh, <laughs> now everyone else is going to jump on the bandwagon and take your ideas and do it, which is awesome for, for the research part of uh, science but this is really cool oh wow mm -hmm. almost self-healing i need to remember that <laughs> almost self-healing effect we can say self-healing effect yes self-healing tendencies yes uh -huh. something like that oh wow that is so cool i i totally understand why you picked this project as the one that let's go with one of the projects that you're proud of yeah not like we are not saying favorites here, but well, we kind of are. You just did, ha. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 uh, very clear to me, Ipek, that you are you really enjoy the research aspect of being a scientist, like going in the lab, doing the experiments, and like ooh, data analysis and everything. What else do you like about being a scientist? Um, I think being a scientist is very cool in different ways. Mm -hmm. um, like, so depending on, like, for example, for a PhD student, uh, depending on where do you do it, um, you can have a lot of teaching duties or, you know, you can be really together with students. And I really enjoy that part. So uh, I like supervising students and uh, doing some teaching. And I think um, that adds a lot to my life to, you know, have always some fresh <laughs> mind and fresh blood and so like coming and changing. Uh, I think that is very nice. And what I also enjoy about being scientists is like, especially material scientists. Mm -hmm. I think with material scientists, we have like a more or less a rough idea about most of the stuff around us. Uh, I, and I really like, you know, looking at things around me and it's like, oh, okay, so uh, this is a metal and this can be that, this can be things. So like making some kind of uh, hypotheses and stuff. So I like the awareness or, you know, it's, being a scientist makes me a bit more mindful uh, mm -hmm. to around me and what's going on around me. And it's like all this stuff happening in the nature and so. Uh, and uh, that's very um, nice. I like it. <laughs> I also like that I think being a scientist teaches you how to learn stuff and also how to get the information and, you know, like how to find the reliable information. Mm -hmm. So I like all these aspects of uh, being a scientist. Uh, I think it's, it's a great life. <laughs> oh, that is so cool. That is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. I especially I love working with students they are so cool they just come up with so many cool ideas and such fresh perspective it's like oh yeah i hadn't thought about it okay. but, uh, this is this is really really cool that's awesome so it, like, it sounds to me that your research experience has been wonderful so far or you are just uh, sharing the highlights with me if you had three wishes to improve your research experience, what would you ask for? And I'm not promising anything, okay? Mm -hmm. 
yes um yeah i feel like i cannot complain in general about uh, my research life it's going pretty all right and <laughs> pretty enjoyable uh, but of course i guess everything can be improved um and i guess for me the first part would be a bit more you know um i guess as a scientist we should talk to each other more um so you know like i'm in a, a small field of ferroelectrics i communicate my research uh, you know in the conferences and other part in other ways but usually i'm mostly exposed on um like this part of the science and basically i i rarely have and you know some talk with biologists for example or even like other scientists and i think as scientists uh, at least i would like to have a bit more you know interdisciplinary aspect of mm -hmm. it because i think it would bring a lot of creativity and a lot of creative ideas um to you know some solve, solve some challenges uh, so i think to improve my research experience i would actually would love to be you know or like usually it's easy to say you know ah yeah let's do some like collaboration and interdisciplinary but all most of the researchers are in such a kind of a um, rush or you know this pressure of getting stuff out in their own fields um mm -hmm. including myself they might neglect actually to talk to other scientists mm -hmm. so i think they would improve my research very well uh, in a way that it would make it much more creative and mm -hmm. uh, communicate with different um like fields let's say mm -hmm. not only even natural sciences like even you know human sciences uh, would be super useful mm -hmm. and i think another thing would be um i think we should also really emphasize science communication with public uh, because uh, it is very important and most of the time the research is funded by public funds but on top of that it's just important to you know communicate um and like in, encourage the public to think critically and then you know know the the facts the nature of facts around us and so uh, and i think that is very important but it's usually also what i see like it's getting much better for sure like science communication is getting more and more um imp like uh, highlighted and like getting more aspect and spotlight but i think we should do a better job there like we should communicate our um, research to the public more and have these discussions with the public more and i think it is always very beneficial to actually talk about your research to someone who has no clue about it because it makes you realize oh actually i don't understand this part very well i, I need to look that or you know like oh, okay maybe it is like this so it's very useful for both sides so we should do more and I think it should be, you know, really encouraged by the institutions uh, that like that should be a like a default thing that we do, like communicate most of the time, oftenly. Uh, and the third time is, I guess, I would love to have a bit more free time mm -hmm. dedicated to, you know, some crazy projects because sometimes I feel like um, the research funds can be tight, so you have a limited uh, duration uh, of your proposal that you need to get some results on so you really work on that proposal and nothing else, and that, that project and nothing else but i guess it would be cool to have you know like a half day or a one day or something uh, to do something totally maybe unrelated to your project but still an interest to you uh, and then work on that kind of projects i think that would also bring a lot of creativity uh, in the work um, that's the three wishes i have they are a bit 
hard, but <laughs> it's not possible, not impossible. <laughs> I think it's impossible, right? And the first thing is to put your wishes out there in the world and yeah. then see how how they are uh, coming to life to whatever extent they are. But no, this is this, all of this makes sense. Like the interdisciplinary communicating science to the public, not just because it's like the taxpayer money, uh, it, it's also because the public is interested yeah totally they are interested in knowing what what are we doing in the lab and they ah, yeah they are interested they just don't know where to find the information so they don't have access or they don't know how to read the research papers or so and how many research papers are they going to read so if i may say under the microscope is the is a very good step in that direction and totally. congratulations for this <laughs> <laughs> I really admire like everyone working on the public uh, com science communication because you know it's usually always a, as a hobby or a side job so that like it always puts extra effort and extra mm -hmm. dedication and what you're doing is great uh, again congratulations oh uh, thank you I, I didn't I didn't mean I, I actually meant it the other way around that you coming on the podcast is already you're walking the talk this is like a two-sided <laughs> um, activity Absolutely. This is so cool. So, Ipek, it has been wonderful speaking with you. But before I let you go, I want to ask you, as part of featuring on Under the Microscope as a material scientist, you also get the keys to the Real Scientist Nano Twitter account for a week or two or longer. Uh, what can the followers expect, the Twitter followers expect in the week that you are taking over the Real Scientist Nano Twitter account? Tell me. Um, yeah, so I mean, I guess first I'm going to introduce myself to them and who am I and what am I doing? And I think they can expect a lot of stuff about ferroelectrics. So it will be like ferroelectrics under the spotlight. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to share, you know, the latest news and um, what has been improved and what is the future aspects of ferroelectrics. And I think I'm going to share uh, how my um, day in a lab uh, passes through because maybe it can inspire somebody or so exactly. uh, and then uh, maybe I'm going to talk about uh, the techniques that I use so I we have some fancy lasers uh, and so so it can be interesting um, and yeah I guess then I am going to also talk about ETH and being a student at uh, the Department of Materials um, uh, and uh, like the highlight of the research in my group so people can get a bit more familiar with the field um yeah i guess uh that's more or less uh, my plans okay that sounds really cool i cannot wait to take a lab tour with you when you are taking over the twitter account also the campus and please show us the coffee machine as well we have a very nice coffee machine like yeah, um, yeah that's what i've heard um, yeah. I've, I've, at least I, I can uh, I can see it, but yeah, do share, do show us your fancy lasers and everything else, and do show us your lab, your campus, everything. Uh, that sounds really cool. Thank you, Ipek, for taking the time speaking with me. This has been wonderful, and cannot wait to follow your tweets on Real Scientist Nano. Thank you, Thank you so much for having me here. I really enjoyed talking with you, and uh, yeah, I can't wait to share as well. Um, thanks a lot. That's a great opportunity and that's a great work you're doing.